that determine our life. Just think naturally. Just naturally speaking, uh, my life is governed by whether I stop at a red light or not. Because if I don't stop at the red light, I get hit or I hit somebody else. We're breaking the law. Um, so just, just small decisions. That's where the Holy Spirit is given to us to help equip us and, 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 and help us walk out his purpose. That's what, those, that's what those decisions and those choices are for. And so the fruit of the Spirit is the love, the joy, the peace, the patience. That is the, the characteristics that are necessary to make those choices. Because I'm going to tell you right now, life is going to be full of moments that are going to require you, that you're going to have an opportunity to either respond from the Spirit or respond from the flesh. That's what we talked about from the beginning. Am I going to give in to my spirit man and what my spirit man uh, is capable of doing? Or am I going to give in to my flesh and respond? Your life is all about your response to stuff. Because the world, you're not going to go to your job and it's just going to be easy to walk in love and you're going to get along with everybody and your, your boss is going to think you're the best person on the face of the planet. We know that there is oppression uh, because we're of a different world. And when you're of a different world and you're trying to come to a, another culture and change that culture, then you are immediately uh, confronted with conflict. Everywhere in our lives is conflict. And I'm not saying that, you know, our lives are horrible and, you know, this Christian life is just all about, you know, having to fight against stuff. I'm saying that this world is not a peaceful place when we need to operate in peace. This world is not a joyous place, so we need to learn to operate in joy. You're not always going to be in situations where it's easy to walk in love. You're not always going to be in situations where it's easy to operate in self-control. Okay? Why? Because this world is governed by who? The enemy. By Satan. He is the god of this world. So there, we're not you know, floating on a bed of roses here. We're not living on a cloud. Uh, this life that we're living inside of us is literally confronting the world around us. And so that's why the spirit life is so important. And a spiritual person is not determined by the gifts of the spirit. A spiritual person is determined, is determined by the fruits of the spirit. So that's why we're talking about this. And last week we saw that uh, we, we looked at the wise man that built his house on the rock. And we looked at the foolish man that built his house on the sand. Remember I showed you that Jesus was coming right out of a conversation talking about uh, you will know people by their fruits. You will know them by their works. You will know them by the things that they do and how they live and, and their character and their conduct. And there will be many people that will say, but didn't I lay hands on the sick? Didn't I have many signs and wonders? Didn't I cast out demons? Didn't I prophesy in your name? And he's going to say, what? Depart from me for I never knew you. Okay, so what's the identifier? What are we looking for? The wise man that built his house on the rock built his house on the character and the conduct of a life of the Holy Spirit. The foolish man that built his house on the sand built his house on something that looked good, was showy, he had the gifts in operation, he had all this stuff going on, but in the end, he didn't have the character and the conduct to back it up. And the very first statement that I said when we got into fruits of the Spirit was do not allow the gifts of the Spirit to get in front of the fruits of the Spirit. Because if your talent 
gets more priority than your attitude, then we have a problem. Uh, if your gift gets uh, out in front of the ability to walk in love with people out there, we've got a serious problem. And, uh, you know, I've told you from a leadership standpoint that, you know, I won't tolerate that. Uh, if, if we don't see progression and, and we see, uh, I don't care what you do and I don't care how far in front. Uh, you know, I know churches that, you know, they just want to have the appearance and they want to have people in those positions because, man, we need to have a worship team. We need to have a worship leader. We need to have, uh, you know, a great children's pastor. We, and they put these things in positions, but there's no accountability for the person in the position. And there's no making sure that they're living a godly lifestyle, that they are being spirit-led, that they have the fruits of the Spirit. So we're here glorifying the gift that they operate in, but there's no fruit following it up. And when that happens, your house crumbles. When that, ha- when that happens, your house is built on sand, and when the trials and the tribulations, I'm telling you, it's going to happen one day. The cares of the world will break you down so bad, somebody's going to get on your last nerve, and you're going to, you're going to release anger. You're going to release uh, a response that's not of the Spirit. And then we have to draw back and we have to say, okay, why is that happening in your life? That's not the fruit of the Spirit. You have a great gift, but now we're not operating in the fruit of the Spirit. So th- this is why the fruit of the Spirit is more important. Bottom line. Um, you know, we have a saying down in St. Augustine with our worship team, and um, it is that your, your, ta- your talent means nothing to us. Yes, we want talented people, and we want people that are gifted to sing. We want people that are gifted to play an instrument. We don't want a, you know, a horrible worship experience. I mean, there are talents and there are gifts that people have in those areas. But when it comes down to it, your talent will never override your ability to operate in the anointing. Your talent will never over- override your ability to carry the proper conduct in character, and this church will carry the same thing. It's way it, it, there, there's too much at stake to put someone on stage that tomorrow night's going to be drinking in the bar. There's too much at stake. There, there, there's there's too much uh, collateral damage there. We got an entire body that any of them at any time could see you failing in a life of the spirit, and now either they use that to justify their lifestyle, or they use that to leave the church and say, well, look at this, you got a guy on stage and he's not doing any better than I am. No, we have a responsibility to test fruit before we allow gifts to take place. Okay? So that's what we were talking about last week. And this week, I want to talk about the process of, of producing that fruit, bearing the fruit, is what the Bible says. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 7. Let's go back there again. That's where, that's where we left off last week. We getting it this week? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've had some uh, transition happen with our, uh, with our sound. And so uh, those of you, I, I appreciate those of you that are bearing with us during that process. Um, if you were looking for a couple services last week, I ended up re-preaching Wednesday's, Wednesday's message, I came up here Thursday, it didn't get recorded, I, it was my fault, I bought the wrong CDs to record on, and so I came up here uh, last Thursday, um, giving away my secret now, but I was sitting back there all by myself, nobody in the room, just preaching it like the room was full. Did anybody listen to it? Okay, good. 
That's awesome. And, and, and people that were here, you heard it Wednesday, you heard it twice. I heard it twice. It was awesome. I actually got some good stuff out of that. And um, I went straight to my office, and, and I had stuff for uh, this week. This week's message came from when I re-preached last week's message. So apparently it needed to happen. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, see? And, and we had an issue with Sundays, but that's all right. I did not re-preach that one. Um, maybe we'll, we'll get hit on that topic a little bit uh, this week when we get back to that, okay? Matthew chapter 7. In verse 24, this is where we left off last week, and we're going to look at some stuff here. Verse 24 says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall. Why? It was founded on the rock. But look at verse 26. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and what does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house. But look what happened. And it fell and great was its fall. Now, here's some things that we want to point out. We, we started this out by saying, uh, how do you get fruit? I mean, just naturally, how do you produce fruit? Do you take another fruit and put it in the ground? No, it's the seed. All fruit is produced after its own kind based upon the seed that goes in the ground. So, if we are looking for fruit of the Spirit in our life, then what do you think we need to do to produce fruit? Plant seeds. Very clear. Now, here's the other part of it. Regardless, regardless of what, uh, what fruit you desire to have, your fruit tells what seeds you've been sowing. Period. Okay? So if there are fruits of uh, depression then we've somewhere been sowing depressing thoughts or we've been around depressed people. It what? It is produced after its own kind. We went all the way back to Genesis and we saw this. This was, this was a, uh, a, a principle that God had in place from the beginning, that a seed will produce after its own kind. If we're having money problems, then we're probably not sowing money into the ground of the kingdom, the church, to see that change. And bottom line, that's how, it, that's how it changes. You cannot pray to have a financial situation. You can pray for favor. You can pray, uh, you know, that you'll make more money. But period, if we, if we have a wrong mindset of finances and money, the more money you get is the more money you're going to have problems with. Okay? I've been there. A lot of us have been there. We get the more money, but we find more stuff to do with the more money instead of hearing from God and saying, what do you want me to do with the extra $10,000 that I'm bringing in now this year? Uh, so we need to start, we, we need to find out if we're going to bear fruit in this area, then we need to sow a seed in this area. If you're believing God for a financial breakthrough in your life, then you need to sow 
finances. Uh, if you're looking to, uh, you know, if you have insecurity issues and we want to change how we view ourselves, we need to get away from sowing uh, those thoughts that the enemy brings on uh, you're no good, you're not valuable. Uh, we need to quit hanging around people that are insecure as well and we just end up feed off of their insecurity. All right, all these things come into play. So a seed produces after its own kind. You can always tell by the fruit someone bears what seeds they've been sowing, period. Now, what we're going to get to tonight is the production of the fruit. First thing, let's look at this back here in verse 24. Uh, Go to verse 24. Yeah, verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and what? And what? Does them. Does them. Whoever hears what I'm saying and applies them, does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Rains descend, floods came, winds blew, beat on the house. Did the house stand or fall? It stood. Okay? Very next one, verse 26. But if but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and what does not will be likened to a foolish man. Verse 27. Who built his house on sand and the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house. Notice that both men went through the same stuff. The wise man's house being built on the rock did not keep him from enduring trials and tribulations. Did not keep him from going through a storm. So, building your house on the rock does not mean that you will never have problems. Do we see that? The storm came to both people. So what was the difference between the two men? One person did the word. The other person did not do the word. That's the difference. I'm going to tell you right now, this is how you produce the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Application of the Word of God. I'm sorry, I don't, I don't have three, three steps to producing fruit and five steps. To, sorry, it's, that's it. It's that simple. Applying the Word of the Kingdom. Applying the Word of God. It's very simple. James chapter 1. James chapter, I know you're looking for something profound out of me. You, you go write a book, Pastor Mark. You got to get that out on CUD. You do a whole series. Sorry, that's it right there. Application of the word. But we're going to look at this a little deeper. Application of the word. Let me let me do this real quick. The we know the process of getting fruit is putting seed in the ground. So the first step we need to conquer. The first step we need to look at is the planting of the seed. Right now, I am planting seed. That's what I'm doing right now. I am bringing seed. Let's go to Matthew chapter 13 first. Let's go there first and we'll get we'll go to James 1:22 afterwards. Matthew chapter 13. I am planting seed in the ground right now. But we all know that that does, it doesn't stop there. If if I just take a handful of seeds and throw them in the ground, 
and I don't do the following steps that are necessary, am I going to get the fruit? No. So, pretty much you could put it this way. Just coming to church and listening to me is not going to produce fruit in your life. Very simple. Okay? Because I just told you what the key was to getting the fruit out of the ground. I'm putting stuff in the ground right now. But there are some key principles that have to be in play. One, you've got to have good soil. Two, it's got to be watered. Three, it's got to receive sunlight. Right? And these are the things that are necessary. This is what we learn as a kid in elementary school. How does a seed become a fruit? And it bears the tree, and then the tree brings the fruit. Okay? So, many people, many Christians think that they are getting it done because they're doing this right here. Many people believe. There are a ton of Christians out there that are literally deceived. We'll look at it in James. That are literally deceived because they believe, because they're hearing the word, because they're planting seed in the ground, that they're just automatically going to see fruit. But that's just not true. Look at this in Matthew chapter 13. We know this is the parable of the sower, but it's applicable for what we're talking about tonight. And in verse 18, Jesus is explaining the parable of the sower. He's already told it, and now he's explaining it to his disciples. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. Who comes? The wicked one, the enemy. Do you realize the enemy is after what I'm giving you right now? He's after it right now. And if you don't do what we're supposed to do when we leave here, it will be stolen from you. He will go, he will come in and he will tear away the word that was just sown into your life. Okay? That's the first step. That's the first thing that can happen. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. How many of you would think that Seed sown on the wayside is good soil. <laughs> I was about to say it. No, it's not. I know. I know where you're at. You're thinking ahead of me because my next my next sentence is, no, it's not. And to that we can say, Amen. It absolutely is not good soil. The wayside is not good soil. Period. Now, who determines the soil? We do. We're the ones the the seed is being sown into. Right? Okay. So, Jesus is not throwing out seed and determining if the wayside is going to be able to produce the fruit that that the seed's being sown on. You see what I'm saying? He's casting out the seed... We have the responsibility to determine if we're going to be good soil when we walk out of here, or if we're going to be wayside. Let's keep going, because that's just the first one. Look at this. Verse 20. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately what? Receives it with joy. That's awesome. 
How many of you have ever heard the word in church and just been excited? You've been just so joyful. Man, that was such a good service. That was a good word. Man, that was awesome. But look what happens. Yet, he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. See, seed sown on stony ground, it receives the seed. And so now we think that we're taking it in a little bit, but look what happens. Endures only for a while when tribulation and persecution arise because of the word. What happens? Immediately he stumbles. Another unfruitful situation. So, so far we have had, we've got the person that hears the word but doesn't understand it. How many of you have ever been there? You've heard the word preached in service and it's just been unclear. You just didn't have the understanding. Understanding comes from God. Wisdom comes from God. So if we're trying to naturally discern this thing, it ain't going to happen. The Bible says uh, very clearly that this book is not naturally discerned. It is spiritually discerned. You need help spiritually. Okay? And that's why the Holy Spirit is in our lives, to help us understand the Word of God, to help us open up the Scriptures to us. So the first thing we need to have is understanding of the Scripture. Because if you walk out of here not understanding anything you heard, the enemy has just stolen everything I'm saying. And it's not on me. See, this doesn't have anything... This isn't about if the teacher was good or bad. See, a lot of students, when they don't learn something from a teacher, they just automatically pin it on the teacher. Well, you know, he's just not a very... You don't understand that Jesus was the greatest teacher that ever walked on the face of the planet. But do you realize that he had a lot of people that didn't understand what he was saying? In fact, right here, he told the parable of the sower to a multitude of people and was only able to explain it to 12. That's pretty amazing. He's only explaining, he's only talking to 12 people right now. If you read earlier in 13 verse 1, he's talking to a multitude of people. And all of a sudden, he has to turn around 12 people and say, it is given to you to know and to understand the mysteries of the kingdom. Why? Because there was sacrifice in their life. Sacrifice will produce understanding. When you, when you sacrifice stuff to get to church, see, that's why, look, it, we come across all kinds of stuff, especially on Wednesdays. Get out of work late, trying to get the kids together, trying to get dinner, worried about the next day and getting home in time. But when you sacrifice all that, that's when you'll reap your greatest reward. I promise you. Sunday mornings when you get up early and you're, you're, you're doing the same thing with the kids, and you're, you know, striving to get to church on Sunday morning, and you're sacrificing your Sunday morning when that's your weekend, and you've got to go right back to work the next day, what are you doing? You are, you're laying things down to get to church, and that's where you'll see a great reward. That's where you'll reap a great reward. Okay? Sacrifice. Uh, how many of you ever noticed that when you had a, a hard struggle or a hard fight to get to church, it just seemed like it was the greatest night ever when you finally got to church. It seemed like it was so worth it. Why? Because you went through a lot to get there. If you don't go through a lot, then you don't value it as much. But when, you, when you're pursuing something and striving after something and you're laying all kinds of stuff down to get there and be a part of that, 
than you value when you got there. Because I just had to get the kids together, and I was busting tail from work to get here. I haven't even eaten dinner yet. So I'm going to get something tonight. That's why I feel such a draw on Wednesdays, because I know people are laying aside their entire days. I don't know what you came here tonight with, and I don't know what you've come on Wednesday nights in the past with, but I know that there are people laying down all kinds of stuff just to get to church on Wednesday night. And I promise you, you will reap a reward from that because you sacrificed, okay? So verse 20, we see that this was someone that received, this was the seed sown on stony ground, okay? And they received it with joy. They were excited. They were passionate. Man, what an awesome word. That was a great word. That was so awesome. I'm so glad I came to church tonight. But what drove the seed out? What kept the the seed from becoming fruitful? Cares and tribulations, trials and tribulations of the word. And it says because of the word. Up from the world because of the word. Because of the word you now receive. I'm going to tell you right now that because of what you're hearing at church, you will immediately find somewhere in the world it's going to conflict what I'm telling you. It's going to confront what I'm preaching. Bottom line. In your daily life as an individual, when you get to work, struggles that you're dealing with, your family, co-workers, going to Walmart and seeing crazy people there, there's going to be something that's going to come against what we're preaching in church. Because the world is about everything else but what I'm telling you tonight. That's why we're doing this series. That's why we're talking about this. Okay? So... The stony ground are the ones that received it immediately with joy, but stumble because of tribulation and persecution. Now verse 22. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word, but look what happens. Cares of the world and deceitfulness of riches choke the word and become unfruitful. So the seed's being sown, and you receive it with joy, you receive it with excitement, you know the word is true, but now we've got things that are distracting us from what the word says. You get a report from the doctor, or you get home and you have to deal with the spouse that you're believing God is going to change the relationship. Uh, Whatever it is, you're going to get out of here See, all this stuff is happening outside of here. This is where we're sowing the seed. But when I come off the scene, what are you doing with the seed sown? What are you doing with what you're hearing? That's the question. That's what is going to produce the good fruit. And so, so far we've seen that the enemy comes and steals it. Then we saw that you may receive it with joy and be absolutely excited about the word that's being preached tonight, but then the fruit doesn't come from what we're saying because trials and tribulations and persecution arises because of what you're hearing. Oh, you were at church last night? Wow. You're one of those one of those people, huh? You go to church, one of those one of those Christians. You're gonna tell me I'm gonna go to hell and I need Jesus? You know, persecution arising. Because of the word. And then the third one we see here 
is among the thorns. So it goes in, it begins to take effect, and we even start to see a little bit of, it even begins to take a little bit of root. The Word, we start to see it beginning to identify in our lives. We're starting to see a little bit, hey, I just operated in love there, hey. But what happens? We get distracted. That's what cares of the world is. That's what deceitfulness of riches is. We, we have a distraction come into play that's now taking us away from what the Word says and what the Word can do in our lives. Okay? So let's look at the last one. Verse 23. But he who received the seed on the good ground, we all want to be good ground, is he who hears the Word and understands it. And bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. And we'll get to that hundred, sixty, and thirty here in a little bit. But the good ground is the one that hears the word, understands the word, and applies the word, regardless of the trials and tribulations. Regardless of the temptations to come off of what the word says. Regardless of the cares of the world, regardless of the deceitfulness of riches, we stay true to the word. That is why the wise man was able to keep his house built on the rock. It's because he heard the word and then did the word. The application of the word brings the the fruit, the production of the fruit, produces the fruit in our lives. Okay, let's look at this in James chapter 1. James chapter 1. See, hearing is just the beginning. Coming to church, this is just the beginning. And yes, church has the power to change your life. Church has the power to uh, identify areas in your life that need to be corrected. Church has the power. I mean, there are people that can absolutely have their lives completely changed because of what the church can bring, because of what coming through this door and hearing this word can do for somebody. It absolutely has that power. But it loses its power if we don't go out and apply. Look, it's the same as school. And there's things that I learned when I was in high school that because I have not applied them over the last 10, 11 years now, that are going to bear no fruit in my life. Geometry is bearing no fruit in my life right now. Chemistry is bearing no fruit in my life right now. Why? Because I'm not, I haven't been applying it for the last 11 years. But now when I went to Rama and when I went to Bible school, that's bearing some fruit now. Why? Because I've been applying that for the last 10 or 11 years. 10 years next year. Okay. So it's all based upon the application that depends, that determines the fruit that's produced. If you don't apply it, do not, do not expect to see any fruit. Why, why am I just always so depressed? Why do I always feel lonely? Why, why am I just so insecure and I can't, you know, I don't see myself the way God sees me? Why, why am I not seeing my finances turned around? Why, why am I still just operating in anger towards people? Why don't I ever have any joy? Why am I not at peace about this? Why am I always anxious? How, why don't I have any self-control? Because we're not applying the word to produce that kind of fruit. The love, the joy, the peace, the patience, 
goodness, faithfulness, self-control, that comes from the Word of God. This is the seed going in and you applying everything you hear is what produces the fruit of the Spirit. Applying what the Word says about finances allows you to see the fruit in your finances of the Word of God. Uh, Applying what the Word of God says about who you are in Christ will produce the fruit of your identity in Christ and your confidence in who you are in Him. That's where it comes from. So we have to meditate on the Word and we have to apply the Word of God. James chapter 1, verse 22. But be doers of the Word and not hearers only. Look what this says. Deceiving yourselves. This is exactly what this verse is saying. If you only hear the Word and you don't do the Word, you are a deceived person. This is why. How many deceived people do we have walking around this town? Tomorrow morning, they are deceived because they think because I went to church and I heard the Word preached, I am a different person. You are not a different person because you planted seed. You are a different person because you produce fruit from the seed planted. That is a different person. And a deceived person is one that thinks because I had the word planted and I heard the word and I went to church and I listened to a pastor and I watched TBN and I listened to this and I played this CD and I have this tape and I watched this video, but I don't do any of it. That's a deceived person. You are deceiving yourself because you think because I heard the word, I am that different person when you're not that different person at all. Let's keep going. It's got more to say. Verse 23. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, look at this, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. He observes himself. See, the Word is your mirror. The Word shows you who you ought to be. The Word identifies with your spirit, man. The Word, when it talks about love, is telling you that you have the ability to love. You can look at it and say, hey, I have that ability to walk in love. When the Word talks about your finances, it's you're looking in a mirror and seeing, that's what my finances could look like. That's how I could make God the Lord of my money. When you're looking at uh, who you are in Christ, in the Bible, you're looking at verses that show you who you are in Christ. It's a mirror. It's showing you who you are. But look what happens. If you don't do the Word, you are like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. Verse 24, he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man He was. Forgetfulness of the word is what causes the word or is what causes the seed to die within you and become unfruitful. Forgetfulness. And you become forgetful because it started off by saying a man that hears the word but does not do it. He is like a man that sees himself in a mirror walks away, and then forgets what he just saw. I am giving you a mirror right here. This is your mirror. You should be able to look in the Bible. This is what you look like right here. 
But if you don't apply what you're seeing and what I'm showing you, then you will walk out of here and you will be a forgetful person. You will be a deceived person because you think, oh yeah, I saw myself in the mirror. I heard the word. I planted the seed. But you'll be deceived because you won't have any fruit coming from the seed. The seed won't produce any fruit in your life. So a forgetful person makes an unfruitful person. Verse 25, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, that means applies the word, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Don't be a forgetful hearer. Forgetful people make unfruitful people. We want to be fruitful. And when I say fruit, I mean the fruit of the Spirit. That's the fruit we're looking for. To be able to walk in love when the situation doesn't call for you to walk in love. To be able to be at peace when everything coming against you wants to cause you to worry and be anxious. To operate in self-control when your flesh wants so badly to do the thing that you know you shouldn't do. This is the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit comes as you apply the Word of God. Hearing is not enough. I, man, if it was enough, I believe we'd have a lot more people that are walking like the Christians they say they are. But people that call themselves Christians or believers but don't do it, then you're, how can you call yourself that? We're deceived. We're deceived in thinking that this is who we are. We're deceived in thinking that this is our lifestyle. We're deceived in thinking that we're a follower of Christ. That's what a Christian means. A Christian means to follow after Christ. I'm an American because I'm born in America. I follow the American way. But we're we're carrying a title, but we're not living the lifestyle. The fruit's not coming out. There's no love. We got people that call themselves Christians that are just as mean as anybody else. We got people that call themselves Christians that they don't have any peace in their life. You go in their home and they don't have to say anything. You just know there's there's no peace here. There's no joy here. You're not patient with people. You don't have self-control. Your flesh tells you what to do and your flesh dictates your life and your flesh controls you and if your flesh feels like doing that then you do it and your flesh doesn't feel like doing that then you don't do it so this is what this is why this is so important the holy spirit is given to us to help produce the fruit of the spirit but there has to be application on our end the application of the word of god now look at this how do we get application mark chapter 4 Mark chapter 4, verse 24. Go ahead and put that up there. I'm going to need to read it off of here first. And look what this says. This is uh, the same, this is the parable of the sower in the book of Mark. And Jesus wraps it up by this. Because remember, the parable of the sower ended with uh, he who hears the word and understands it. He's the one that uh, bears fruit and produces a hundred, sixty, and thirtyfold. What determines what you produce, what you put in. Look at this. And he said to them, 
Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. What you put in determines what you get out. See, that's why I say people that come to church and then they're having to put off things and they're having to strive to get there and they're having to fight through hell, it seems, just to get to a a 7 o'clock service on a Wednesday night. They have put in a lot to get there and they will reap a lot. Whereas the person where it's, you know, not that big of a deal to get there and, you know, it's just another night, another Wednesday night, you know, uh, that's why we say uh, one of my biggest, one of my favorite sayings is, uh, if you don't, if you don't expect anything, you'll get exactly what you expect. Nothing. That's why I tell people when you come to church, come expecting, because the measure you come with is the measure you'll leave with. But now look at this. I want to take it a step further, and I'm going to read this. You don't have it, but Mark chapter four, verse twenty-four. I'm going to read it to you out of the Amplified, and this is what it reads. And he said to them, Be careful what you are hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. And more besides will be given to you who hear. The measure of thought and study. This is called meditation. This is called meditating on the Word of God. This is where Christians fail in their life. They don't fail because they don't go to church. Some people are very religious about going to church. They have to be in church. They're there no matter what. The doors are open, they're there. Tuesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, they're there. They are at church. They ain't going to miss nothing. But meditation is where people are slipping up. They're not slipping up because they don't have a pastor that's not preaching. See, it didn't say the measure that your pastor preaches to you. It said the measure of thought and study that you give to what you hear. Meditation on the Word of God. God told Joshua, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, He said, meditate on my Word day and night. Then you will have a successful life. Then you will fulfill everything that I have for you to fulfill. Meditation. There are a lot of people that do not open this book Monday through Saturday. Period. And so they're concerned with the measure or the fruit that's not coming out or the the low amount of fruit that's coming, and they want more fruit, but they don't want to give any more thought and study to the Word of God. And it will not come. If we are not opening this up on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday, that's why I I, I tell people, you need to take notes in church. You need to be writing down what you're hearing, period. Because one, you're not going to get it just from me hearing, just from uh, me saying it, just from you hearing it. We already know, the. I mean, look, the enemy is coming to steal what I'm telling you right now. Well, he can't steal it if you write it down. 
because you've always got it to go back to. But see, note-taking isn't where it stops. Because if, I look, I have notes that I've never gone back and looked at. What does that do for me? What do those notes do? I mean, you, it's, it's an added measure of remembering something because you wrote it down as well as heard it. I mean, people learn different ways. Some people learn just by hearing something. They can learn it. Some people learn by, you know, they have to write it down and it's a double process for them. Some people have to learn stuff just by applying it and doing it. I mean, we learn this in children's ministry. There's, you have to bring all those areas into children's ministry. Because you have some kids that can literally sit there and remember everything you said and repeat it back to you at the end of the service. There's some of them that they need to say stuff. So in children's ministry, I'm all about giving stuff kids to say. Giving kids stuff to say. All the time. Repeat after me. Or here's our Bible verse for the day. Memorizing it. But then the, some people learn by doing it. And so in children's ministry, you know, I'm all about pulling kids out of the thing, out of the seats and, and help me do this skit real quick. And those kids are the ones they're going to walk out and they're going to be able to tell their parents exactly what they learned because they did it. They got involved. They participated. And so there's different ways that people learn. But period, the, the, the measure that you give and put in is the measure you're going to get back. And here's the other thing that it helps you. It helps you value the word. When you take time out of your day, look, we're all busy. I know we're all busy. But when you, have, when you make time for the word of God, when you make time to meditate, when you make time to study it, when you make time to go back over your notes, when you make time to listen to a service that you've already been in attendance for and listen to it again, you're going to value it. Most people, most Christians, don't do what the Word says because they don't value what it has for them in their lives. When you value something, that's when you draw the most out of it. When you value being in church, that's when you're sitting here on the edge of your seat sucking me dry. Everything I give, you're just pulling on it. But when you don't, that's when we just kind of you know, relax back and we're, and, and we're not getting anything. But when you place value on that, so the measure of thought and study. But look what he said here at the beginning. Be careful what you are hearing. I'm going to tell you right now that there are always seeds being planted. There is always something going in. There is always something that you're feeding on. And there's always something we're giving attention to. The enemy, this world, I'm going to put it on the enemy. This world is vying for your attention. They are vying to distract you. They are vying to pull you aside. That Why? Because more time, do you understand that you don't get time back? Do you understand that? It doesn't come back. Now, yes, God, the, the Bible says that God can redeem the time. But that time spent throughout my day, if I just spent an hour looking at this instead of reading my Bible, I don't get that hour back. I don't get an extra hour. I get blessed with 25 hours today. Okay? I don't get that. But we have to give 
thought and study, meditate on the Word of God, and value the Word of God. This is how we're going to produce the fruit. Bottom line. This is how the fruit of the Spirit is going to produce. If you, if you and, I, and I hope you have, I hope you've already begun to identify fruit in your life that I need to produce more of that, or I need to get, I need to be a little more patient with people, or I, I need to operate in self-control here, or you know what, I, I could walk in love more. You know, I need to have more joy in my life. I need to have more peace. I, I need to get rid of worry and anxiety. I need to just be at peace about situations. Just cast my cares on God. All these things, we can identify these things. And the way you're going to produce that fruit is by giving attention to God's Word. This is how, that's how you apply the Word. That's how you do the Word, is by giving attention, giving thought and study to the Word of God. That is how we produce that fruit. We have got to open up our Bibles during the week. We have got to be taking notes and going back over the notes. We have got to be listening to the Word. I mean, I've already told you from the beginning that uh, what you receive on Wednesday night and Sunday morning, if you made it to every service this year, is not good enough. Period. This is the starting ground. This is where the seed goes in. This is where the seed gets planted. It is up to us to determine what's produced. It's up to us to determine what fruit we will reveal in our life based upon what we hear. This church will not be a deceived church. This church will not walk out of here uh, with deceived lives. We'll be doers of the Word, applying the Word of God. We will look at the mirror of the Word and we won't walk away forgetful, but we will apply, do, give attention to, and value the Word of God. It really is that simple. It really is. I can't break it down. Uh, even if I wanted to make this thing more complicated and, and make it more profound, uh, there's nothing I can do. That's what the Bible says. Apply the Word of God. Give attention to it. Open your Bible during the week. I'll tell you right now, if you have trouble just sitting down and reading your Bible, some people just literally have trouble with that, starting out. I don't know what to read. I don't know where to read, and, and it's confusing, and I don't even feel like I'm doing anything. Get a daily Bible reading plan. That's easy because it tells you what to read, and you can't go wrong. Just read what it says there and do that. And if it does nothing else for you, if it does nothing else for you, it will create a habit of being in the Word every day. It will create a habit of, I am making time to read my Bible. That's what you're doing. And then pray before you read the Bible. Say, Holy Spirit, I thank you for revealing the Scripture to me today. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you illuminate the Scripture. You give me a mind of Christ to help me understand what your Word says. I know this thing is not naturally discerned. You show me what the Word says. And what's so cool about it is you'll find that the Word will say something about your situation you're in now. It will answer you. It will meet you where you're at. It sure will, because it's live, it's alive, it's active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It will meet you where you're at. I can't open up any other book in this universe, on this planet, and have it do that. But this book, it met me where I was at ten years ago. It'll meet me today, and it'll meet me ten years from now. It's alive. All right? Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your word.